What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of greater Idaho. I am the one-armed madman. And from the badlands of southern Montana, we've got Nolan5150. What's up, doggy? What are you doing? God. Uh, And there goes the... Oh, go ahead. I'm just... uh, just busy, busy man, busy. Got a uh, got a little. We're too all much fucked sun. up and out of whack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting dings. So like when you're listening to the podcast and you hear ding, there's nothing I can do about it right now. Unfortunately, I'm listing my this new room that I built on Facebook, and I started out listing it at 1,200 a month because I thought that's what it was worth for a couple, and I thought I could get that. And I started getting messages like right away. I got like two people interested in the room right away. They fell through. They probably found a different place or something like that. And uh, then I just started getting nothing. And I kept dropping the price and dropping the price and dropping the price. And now I'm down to 800 on the fucking listing. And I still wasn't getting any any like notifications on it or messages on it. And uh, I guess it was today. Earlier today. No, it was yesterday. I decided to take down the ad and just do a completely new ad instead of like renewing it and right away shit starts pouring in and now it's like fuck man am i shortchanging myself do i fucking take it back off Uh, yeah and just tell these people to to fuck off and then put it back up for 900 like i don't really know what to do it sucks (laughs) yeah that's a little bit of a pickle because you got you got a and then if you if you do take it back down, how long are you gonna have to wait for those people that you know? Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, depending on the situation, maybe if you can find somebody that's just looking for a room for like six months or some bullshit, do a short term at that price, and then once once they move I do out, month to month. Yeah, I do month to month, so I have the opportunity to like put the ad up while there's people living in there for nine hundred bucks, and if somebody says, "Hey, I want it." I can just tell them to pack their shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty shady thing to do. The other thing I worry about is if I take it off the, um, if I take it off a marketplace and put it up for 900 and then I don't get any hits and then I got to go back down to 800. What if I don't get any more hits at 800? Yeah. And then I screw myself out of an 800. And, <laughs> you know, I've got another guy living in one of my rooms for 600. And the other guy's living in for 700 and I want to bump the 600 room up to 700. Yeah, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, man, I could, I could get, if I rented him the room for 750 and then rented his room out for 700, I'd be making more a month than renting this room out for 800. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, you know, there's options. Maybe I don't uh, really know what I'm going to do. Maybe, maybe just, uh, I mean, you have his email or something, right? Just, just send him a link to this episode of the podcast and then break the ice. That way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think he's pretty happy with the deal he's got. Unfortunately, when I, when I told him about it, he was like, man, that seems like a really good deal. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm like, it's got a mini fridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's key. But anyways, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's a fucking stress. It's stressful. Right now, like, I'm not getting paid by... And you know what? Fuck workers' comp. I know I fucking talk a lot of shit about them, but 
They never even sent me a, an email or a letter saying we're done paying you. They just finally like got sick of me sending in my income status update. And uh, then they sent me some email that I had to use a passcode to go look at. And then it basically says, we're done paying you. Leave us alone. Huh. Don't return this email. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I hate them. I fucking hate them. And the woman that I've been dealing with the entire time is just a royal fucking cunt. And I just am glad as all hell that I, I don't really have to interact with this woman anymore. Like, she's such a cunt. And I'm such an asshole that like <laughs> half of our conversations just end in me screaming at her and her hanging up on me. At one point I like called workers comp and I it was like, I need to talk to your boss. And she was, it took like two weeks for them to get me her boss on the phone. And I was like, I'm done with this woman. She's a Royal fucking bitch. And I'm just done with her. I'm not speaking with this woman. Give me another person. That's it. And the guy basically goes, Hey man, we got like eight people in our office. There's nobody else I can give the case to. And nobody else like knows enough about your case to take over. Yeah. Sorry. And I was just like, fucking crazy, dude. You can't shake these people even if you try. And so like at one point I had to call her once a month and tell her like, oh, I'm still an amputee and I still need <laughs> medication and I still need to go to the doctor. Like I had to do that every month and it was just so wow. annoying that I was just being a dick you know i'd be like oh yeah i think i cut my other toe off this week can i get some more money for that just stupid shit to yeah. piss her off and she finally stopped doing it huh. there you go <laughs> yeah so for like the last year i haven't had to talk to her so i don't you know it's funny how company policy which is also state policy yeah can be you know shaken and thrown off under the rug when it's inconvenient to you Dude, that, yeah, that's one of the biggest things I like, you know, there's laws on the books and blah, 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 whatever. But when it comes down to it, people can do whatever they want. You know, there, there's rules that you can bend. There's rules that you can break. And, you know, they apply to everybody differently on a sliding scale. Well, on that note, let's get into our first video of the day. <laughs> if you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that i'm holding in my hand one quarter of one dollar we passed a law through the leadership of senator thurman and myself and others a law that says if you're caught with that His you go to jail one. for five <laughs> years you get no probation you get nothing other than five years in jail judge doesn't have a choice no Under choice forfeiture statutes, you can the government can take everything you own everything from your car and, and to your happy. house your bank account <laughs> not merely what they confiscate oh, in God. terms of the dollars from the transaction that you've just got caught engaging in they can take everything i don't care why take everything. they become a sociopath we have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society they are in jail away from my mother your husband our families so i don't want to ask what made them do this they must be taken off the street 
It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> Rules for me and not for thee. Yeah. I mean, wow. It's just amazing, like, the kind of shit that will happen when you spend your entire fucking life working for the government, that you can literally be that fucking guy who was going to throw everybody in jail for crack, and then, you know, your son is the most popular fucking crackhead on the planet, and he's attending White House dinners with foreign officials yeah. the next week. <clears throat> yeah, that... And that. nobody seems to give a shit. Yeah, it's, it's just another another freaking, you know, example of uh, how, how, how is he not, you know, like under house arrest being um, uh, like under trial and investigation when there's so much, so much evidence. Um, yeah, not only that, I have but, done but time. I have done real time for I've never had a, a um, an offense greater than his. Like I've only ever had like possession and resisting. And, and I mean, essentially resisting is every fucking interaction with the cops if they want it to be all they have to do is say stop stop resisting and that's it but literally i mean i've i've served 90 days multiple times for i i didn't go at one point i didn't go to um aa and do my 90 and 90 and they gave me 90 days for that this fucking guy can lie on a gun form smoke fucking crack take videos of it dude there's pictures of him getting blown by chicks just in that video you can see like the the shadow going <laughs> it's fucking crazy i mean and they're they're throwing every distraction at us that they possibly go oh my god the titanic and everybody's like yeah we don't fucking care yeah those people can drown fuck them who gives yeah. a shit and then you find out the military knew about it on friday and let it go until sun or i mean on monday and let it go till sunday <laughs> sounds like another um what was it? The Discovery? Um, yeah. Yeah, space shuttle that blew up, and then there's supposedly all these people, with some people the same fucking name of the people that were supposed oh, to be yeah. on the ship, I've seen, you know? I've seen, I've seen pictures of, yeah, like there's a, I think there's like a science teacher yeah, who's been really, who's gotten the fucking Sandy Hook treatment on this. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, why I bet. Like, but you know, one of the things that go ahead. I was gonna say, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a similar situation. You know, just like you said, another distraction. They already used the um, the like hot air balloon thing, and that that went over really yeah. well. So now they they were yeah. in the sky. Now they're going down under the sea. And uh, dude, I'll tell you what though, the fucking internet, uh, the memes and shit that have been coming out. It's great. About that is amazing. Did you? Did you get the pack of like twenty memes, Bud Light memes that I sent you? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I, th I think, I think I did. I think, I think I looked at a couple of them, but I didn't get through them all. They started tweeting again, and they've just been getting savaged. <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. Pe the internet is just fucking savage. It never fails. It always wins, and it always will. It's fucking great. Like the fact that this video still exists. Shows how weak these people are. Yeah. Like, they have done everything they possibly can to try and make this shit memory hold. Just completely memory hold all this shit. And if you search Joe or like Hunter Biden on Twitter right now, this is one of the first videos that comes up. That's a good development. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, another thing they brought up in there was civil asset forfeiture. We will take everything you own. And they will. I've got friends who lost homes, businesses, cars, boats, motorcycles. One of my buddies I was living with, we were growing weed in the house. The house got raided. Uh, you know, they took everything. And they didn't get away with it. Yeah. And at one point, they thought they were going to be able to fucking take all of his shit. And they had his bike. He had a custom Harley at, at his house. So they took his bike, took it down to the police station. And there was pictures the, one of the officers that conducted the raid was taking pictures with him and his old lady on the back on uh, this bike because he was going to buy it. And then they they fucking lost, and he got everything back. And I think he ended up going to jail after that because <laughs> when you do something like that, you're they're not just going to forget about you yeah, and go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. well, we lost this one. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you're on a fucking list at that point. I was on their list at that point. I... I at, I used to go to my buddy's house. I would grab like 30 pounds of weed. I would drive around to the back like of the of the uh subdivision, hop a bunch of fences, throw the duffel bag into yards over the fences, get back into my truck and then take back roads back around to my house because I couldn't be seen at this dude's house. Like there was just no way I could be seen there. If I'm seen there, I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. Yeah. And uh, you got to get creative with it, but they they still they're they're uh, they're pretty good at what they do a lot of the time. Yeah. So you would think that with all this shit going on with Hunter Biden, that the media would just be able to memory hole it. Nobody's going to give a fuck. You know, it's it's just old Joe. Don't worry about it. But. uh Let's go into the uh, the press briefing room at the White House this week and see how John Kirby's getting along. Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents, their authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by oh, Hunter Biden to that. Henry Zhao, <laughs> a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated Smirk. in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father. And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, (laughs) I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. We're good. Nope. We're, uh, Sorry. Not, James, James, let me just, let me save you let some, save you some breath. Let me save, let me save, let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about I this, care about you I am so not much. address. I don't. I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great. Have a great weekend. Be sure to tip the waiter. That's fucking. Yeah, dude. Talk about being uncomfortable. You can just see him like, the temperature going up and up and up until right at the end, it's like. 
<laughs> hey, let me save you some breath here, pal. Yeah. We're just not going to talk about this. Yeah. And, and the, the most disturbing thing is these are, um, these are public officials, like elected people, right, that are paid oh, yeah. by the fucking uh, people's tax money. And, uh, you know, you, you don't, you, you shouldn't get to say, you know, when you're going to address you. If the people want to know, you need to fucking answer and pass that. Like, when, when is it going to be addressed? When is it going to be addressed? Yep. And these people aren't supposed to be partisan hacks. There's yeah. something called the Hatch Act that these people continually break. And nobody obviously gives a shit because, you know, it's for Team fucking Blue. As long as you're on Team Blue, you can get away with whatever the fuck you want. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that he got asked about it. And, you know, you just watch the guy's body language and you can tell he is visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> when he goes to China, when he talks about the Chinese guys, he just gives this little smirk like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> this looks really bad. <laughs> but you know what? I like Hunter. To be honest, like he's my type of dude. I'd party with that fucking guy. That's a savage move right there. Look, man, my dad's the fucking boss. You're going to pay up or you're going to get fucked. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of like the Tucker Carlson treatment where Fox is like leaking videos and everybody's like, yeah, go, dude. <laughs> like, I, I don't like that he's getting, you know, unfair treatment by the law, which, you know the rule of law doesn't really exist. It's not about what the law says. It's about the political motivation behind the law. And I think anybody who's lived through the past three years with their eyes open knows that there is not a lot of political motive behind putting these people in bars. Yeah. Not at all. But, uh, then they're going to they lose, weren't, they're going to lose their connection to the, the Chinese Ukraine shit. Hunters, hunters. Oh yeah, thin. dude. They're already divvying up Ukraine. Who's gonna be the re- who's gonna do the rebuilding? You know, we gotta get in there. Oh, and course, BlackRock yeah. wants to rebuild. There's a whole bunch of companies that are just itching to get there and rebuild. <laughs> so, like, typically, so all right for this type of story, that would be like a one and done. Okay, we've got one right winger in the press group. He's gonna fucking give Don Kirby shit about Hunter Biden, but. After that, we're going to go right back to business as normal. Like, how great is Joe? How how great is he? Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, Kirby walks off and on comes Jerink on Pierre. Um, the president invited his son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision making of why uh, the president decided to invite I, his son. I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get into it. Let me ask you this. If if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, a a couple of things. Again, that's his son. He's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. Uh, As it relates to anything uh, uh, related to to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here. Can I follow up on that? Okay. Next question, please. Somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask no, whether the President I, of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, 
in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son? Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. It's like, I said next question, not the same question. Are you not paying attention to what I'm saying? I'm not going to say anything about that. Let's go back to the next why Democrats are great. Thank you. I will, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. Did it sound like he addressed it? I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the I just answered. Stephen? Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, Stephen, such a bitch. It's, it's Steven. not up to you Steven. how I answer the Steven. question. I just answered the question by telling you. She didn't you my answer it. She responded. She didn't answer anything yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Next question. What your oh, the same question. From the White House Council, so we have it. I would, I would, I would refer you to them, and they will share their statement. With <laughs> you. Your statements from that podium. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And he and didn't. you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You asked, You just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Another question. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm calling on your colleague. Right I'm calling on your colleague. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard Tough crowd. to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? Uh, excuse me, ma'am, but you, I don't know if you realize this, but you are Asian and I am black. So by doing this, you are increasing racism in the United States, obviously. I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this and I refer you to There you go. Uh, they turned the light on. That's my time. Thank you. And, and also she has a roaming nipple for some reason. Her right nipple is all over the place. Her nipple, like it's cold in there or something, or she's got a fake set of nipples on her fucking dresser. But dude, right nipple starts in the middle, ends on the side. I don't know what that means. Maybe she's got a dick. Maybe she doesn't. About this, have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House counsel. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. Did the president speak with the attorney general at all? I can't. Night? I can't. I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation Why with not? the attorney general last yeah. night. What I can refer you to is the White House Counsel's office. Like you, as it you, just, to you just watched uh, the tape. You just listened uh, to the quote. Addressed this. this is something for them to deal with. I refer you <laughs> to the Department of Justice on anything else if you don't want to speak to the White House Counsel's office. And there was reporting earlier in the week that after the plea agreement was reached by Hunter Biden, that the president felt relieved that that part of Pay it attention to the woman him. next to this true? reporter. Can I can't to speak to that. Then? I cannot speak to the president's mindset. She's 150 years old. 
This is what our fucking government is ran by people who are 150 years old. She's sitting there hammering away on a stenographer. You can't even see her eyes because she's got so many fucking wrinkles on her face. But I don't think young people are learning how to do stenography. They're probably going, oh, ew, oh, does that have a predictive? Can we use emojis instead? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, uh, I can't believe they don't have. 22 minutes in, Kareem Jean-Pierre gave a sad face emoji when asked about Hunter Biden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd think they, uh, pretty soon it's just going to be they put a fucking iPhone up there and it just goes uh, type to text or speak to text uh, like encoded and shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, this shit's getting wild. It's getting fun. And I think one of the big issues here is these people are seeing a problem cropping up for them, a problem that they were not expecting. And that problem is a Kennedy. Mm, uh-huh. I don't know if you've been paying attention to RFK at all, but uh, let's go to 2024 U.S. presidential electing Election betting odds. Joe Biden, six to four. Donald Trump, 12 to five. Ron DeSantis, four to one. RFK Jr., 16 to one. That is a lot better odds than I thought he would have at this point. And I think they're thinking the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, they're, uh, how should I put this? He's, very favorable to a select group of people right now that are on the internet. People like me and you, Joe Rogan, people who live on the internet. But as this shit keeps going and going, I mean, we're not going to cover the Peter Hotez thing. Everybody's already seen that. We know he's a, a disgusting troll who has no fucking clue what he's talking about. All he wants is a job. Work. He wants to be the new Fauci, essentially. <laughs> he wants to be the new Fauci. He's doing what he's got to do to be the new Fauci. But this is getting normal people to see this shit, and they're looking and going, man, I kind of like what this guy is selling. Yeah. And uh, this is, I think it's really scaring them. And I think they're looking at Joe Biden and going, maybe not like Kareem Jean-Pierre, but the people in the press corps, the people in the media are going, we got a fucking problem right now. We got a big fucking problem, and his name is Joe Biden, and we need to get rid of this fucking guy. And I think that's what's going on. So let's let's uh, let's get some some evidence on this. I probably should have waited till the end to drop my theory on that. Peace, trust, and freedom. Go. Fiat currency you know is what? the opposite. Let me start that over. All right. So we're gonna get a little bit meta on this one. We're gonna watch Jimmy Dore watching RFK. All right. And uh, just. This is a good clip. I don't think I should really have to preface this too much. I think everybody's going to kind of get what's going on here. The currency of peace, trust, and freedom. Fiat currency is the opposite. So that's it to me. Super. I'm like, I never put together. I'm dumb. So I, I needed RFK Jr. to do this. And let me just show you uh, a little bit of what he said. And then I'll bring Max in to give me his opinion. As most of you know, that trucker strike was a peaceful demonstration of people who were demanding rights that are sacred and are taken for granted for every American.
the right to be free of government mandates, the right for free assembly, the right for free speech, uh, the right to petition our government, all of those things that we take for granted. And nonetheless, and it was a peaceful demonstration, nonetheless, the Canadian government fiercely repressed the truckers' protest. Government officials declared a state of emergency. They suppressed free speech. Perhaps most alarmingly, they froze the bank accounts of hundreds of protesters and their supporters, which they identified using surveillance and data monitoring technologies. Some of these lawful and peaceful protesters, none of these lawful and peaceful protesters had violated any law. They had not been charged. Racist. And they certainly had not been convicted. Should be a law. It, but suddenly they found that they could not access their money, their bank accounts, to pay their mortgages or to feed their families. When I witnessed this cataclysm, this, this devastating use of, of government repression, I realized for the first time how free money is as important to freedom as free expression. And now, before we finish this clip, let me just interject a little bit. I've heard, I've been listening to Jimmy Dore for a long time, since before COVID. I've seen him on stream with Dave Smith and, and Clint from Liberty Lockdown multiple times. I've heard this type, the same fucking thing explained to him multiple times. This is not the first time he's heard this. So that's a big deal. And let me just play one more thing and then we'll bring it back. Here it is. As almost everyone in this room is aware of the link between Bitcoin and democracy and freedom. And that's why almost everybody I admit I, that I meet who is involved in Bitcoin is passionate about it. It's, they're not passionate because it's an interesting currency. They're passionate because of the deep representation of a deep need that we have for liberty and democracy and the promise that this innovation has to guarantee those virtues. Oh, and to, we, it, we are now living in this age of turnkey totalitarianism where this emerging technology which can empower totalitarian regimes and our job is to try to build and fortify Thanks. democratic institutions at the same rate as that totalitarian instruments are being expanded in their power. Things like AI, which really are going to threaten democracy at its base. We need to not be chipping away at our democratic institutions. We need to be fortifying the ones that exist and building new ones. And the biggest, most important one on the horizon is Bitcoin, because it can't be manipulated. Oh, all of you, I know, are here, again, not because you love a currency, but because you love our country, you love democracy, you love freedom. And in that sense, your support of Bitcoin puts you in the same category as the framers of the Constitution that gave us that Bill of Rights, that created these democratic institutions. And you are the current manifestation of that impulse. So thank you all very much for everything that you do. And thank you for being part of this movement. So he got a standing ovation for his speech, and I just played a part, a part of it. Let me bring in Max Kaiser. Now, I had never put together uh, before 
that liberty and democracy and Bitcoin and that blockchain technology. And of course, that's the perfect example to use what happened with the truckers in Canada. Now, the mainstream news media, the corporate big pharma funded news media demonized the truckers as Nazis and white supremacists. Of course, they were neither of those things. They were peaceful and they weren't standing. They weren't protesting medicine. They were protesting authoritarianism and they shut down their their uh, bank accounts, which was super scary to people like me. Let me bring you in, Max. And I, I, uh, what do you, what would you like to say about RFK Jr.'s speech? So I've been in Bitcoin a while. That It was a great speech for different reasons, yeah. I think, than what he thinks for me. You're not telling me anything that I haven't heard. You're not doing it in uh, a terribly creative way. You're not really explaining why the network is uncensorable, why it's unconfiscatable, why it can't be manipulated. Like, this is not great TA or anything like that. It's just kind of a a guy getting up there and saying some good things about Bitcoin. So why is this so important? Because when Jimmy was hearing about it before that was from libertarians or from right wingers. These are, yeah, maybe they were right about the, the trucker protests, but they're still right wingers. They can't really be right about this Bitcoin thing. No, man, all he needed was a Democrat to say it was okay. Yeah. He needed a Democrat to tell him it's okay to buy Bitcoin. It's okay to love freedom. This is for, all he said is this is tied to freedom and democracy. And Jimmy's like, Oh, I never understood that before. It's like he doesn't even really tell you why, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this is like a, a really good example of of just tribalism. Like sometimes you need somebody from your tribe to tell you something is good or bad. And that's just the the world that we live in. So the the thing that I really appreciated about him being at the Bitcoin conference and a lot of these other things that he's doing is that he is giving Democrats the permission to believe in freedom again. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. That's one of the things that, uh, I like that, um, um, Tim pool always says, uh, what, what does he label himself as uh, like a traditional liberal? And it's, uh, yeah, it's like that slide. He's kind of, he's kind of gone off the rails. I think on that, I, to, to be honest, if I was going to classify him, I'd call him a Republican. Yeah, like n- maybe now, you have traditional liberal views, yeah. but you're a fucking Republican. Like everything you say lines up with the Republican Party. Everybody you in- interview is a Republican. Every once in a while, he gets a liberal on there. But like, essentially, his voting views and like what he—he's a Republican at this point. Like, sure, you've got some some views that it came it came about in liberal liberalism, classical liberalism. But can you really call yourself a liberal if you're voting? For Republicans, I don't know. Mm, Yeah, well, that 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 uh, takes it to just the uh, the hardline two party system, which is well. See, here's the deal: like this, this always works out this way. Liberal views when you were in your 20s will be conservative by the time you're 50. Yeah, that was so. This kind of happens throughout your life, anyways. He's 30 years old. You know. It's hard for me to take you seriously when you call yourself a classical liberal and then also say that TikTok needs to be banned because it's destroying the youth. To me, that is no different than fucking Tipper Gore saying we have to get rid of rap music because it's destroying the youth or we have to get rid of video games. Any of these hardline conservative views from the 90s are essentially that. So, yeah, like I I get that when you got into politics, 
you were a liberal, but now you're a fucking Republican. That's yeah. just the way I look at it anyways. He's kind of, I listened to Tim Fool for a long time and I haven't been listening to him much lately because it seems like when I turn him on, I'm getting more Sean Hannity than Tim Pool. A lot of the time, I'm just like Jesus. Where did this come from? <laughs> and, and I know, I know that's an insult from you. Yeah. All right. Let's let's listen to Max. Yes, I'm. I, it was his speech that orange pilled me. That means when you orange pill means you woke up to the beauty of uh, Bitcoin. That's it. In other words, when I was on your show before, Jimmy, I guess I didn't orange pill you. It no. took RFK Jr. to orange pill you. Okay, He's not fine. a Democrat. You, you, you pay the price you deserve. That's another phrase we uh, we talk about in Bitcoin. So, yeah, now I'm super interested in Bitcoin now. And now I realize it's, it's uh, essential that Bitcoin is essential for democracy and freedom in the 21st century because what he referred to as these turnkey totalitarian systems and what that so they can just what if they could control your money like they did to the truckers they they got you now you can't travel you can't go to work you can't pay you can't do anything you can't buy gas to get in your car you can't pay your mortgage you get, they got you so now they have they can control you and so they can stop you from protesting they can stop you from uh uh, petitioning your government, they can stop you from doing whatever you are doing. They can, can that's a hundred percent way to control someone. But if you had your money in Bitcoin, they the government can't get at that Bitcoin. That's the whole no. point. See, now we just need to extend this to guns. Look, hmm. Jimmy, if they can control their money, they can control you. If they're fucking terrified to do any of this shit because we have guns in our homes. How could you ever advocate for, for removing guns from society? So this, you know, he's not all the way there. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what his gun policy, but he's basically a socialist. I mean, he could listen to this whole thing. Uh, we could listen to this whole interview and go, oh, wow, he gets it. He gets it. And then we could pull up another one where he would go, this is why we need Medicaid for all, Medicare for all. It's like, dude. You just fucking had it a minute ago, and now you want to give government the right to be your doctor? Like, no. What are you thinking? So, you know, maybe maybe Jimmy's going to make a really good libertarian five <laughs> years from now. But for now, dude, this is as good as we're going to get from leftists, and we got to make them better. I, To me, like... I don't give a shit about Donald Trump. I know that's not a, that's a, not a popular take with our audience, but I just don't. We know his spiel. We know he's probably going to get the fucking nomination. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your money. He's Donald Trump. Yeah. Who needs your help and your money is Robert Kennedy Jr. And you might, oh, well, I don't want a Democrat in office. Fine. What you do want is all those fucking Democrats out there who are losing their fucking minds, going nuts to be a little bit more sane. And if <laughs> yeah. we can elevate a guy on the left who is just a little bit more sane than the rest of these morons, we're going to be in a lot better country than we are today. Yeah, I I feel like the deep states just got to be like licking their chops just uh they're like, "Yeah. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get another Kennedy on the body count." <laughs> <sighs> Ugh. I wonder if Clinton would like 
steal his children from him after she killed him. Like, oh, it's such a sad thing, but we're going to adopt all of their children for them. (laughs) And you'll never see them again. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm debating how much we want to. We're going to skip. I've got some more Jimmy Dore climate changes, but we're going to go to this other one first. And then we'll go back to Jimmy if we've got some time at the end. But uh, this is a clip I've been holding on to for a long time. This is before RFK Jr. Um, announced his presidency. So, you know, we're, we're talking a couple months here. But this is just such an interesting clip. We got to play it. Here is Since the Young is, Turks. I know that in, in California, at least, with the phasing out of gas-powered cars, and they'll probably do the same thing with uh, gas stoves, is... They just ban the sale of any new gas-powered cars or any new gas stoves. And so the technology that you have in your home, the gas stove that you have in your home, if it breaks, not only are you not able to buy a new one, but it gets increasingly more difficult to just repair it. You get what I'm saying? And so, like, I that's, get it, but look, that's a bump. That's the normal bumps in the road as you transition it. Bumps in the I road. I know, but Jake, like, don't minimize the financial burdens associated with these things. Okay, no, your electric like, cars literally float freaking right over the fuck them. out about the charging station thing. I'm like, it's gonna cost. We're gonna Did take it? out a massive fucking loan to pay for it. We're not getting any help from the fucking government on that. Of course not. I, did you Did you guys ask? Is there any tax credits? What but seriously, fucking douchebag. Seriously, there's no government help at all to Jake, transition. You guys, I don't give guys? a fuck about tax credits. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying for the HOA. Like, no, so I, there's the, been no talk like, of tax you, credits. Man. I haven't seen anything about tax it's credits. Cost I should look into grand. it. Maybe there are tax credits, but I don't give a fuck about tax credits because <laughs> you have to shell out cash. Okay, like I just. I want to do something in response to climate change. That is not my issue. I don't want to do something. My issue is how, like, we're forced to make all these changes that are a a financial burden, a giant inconvenience, with, like, little to no help. And the the solution from the government in terms of, like, no, no, you get get financial benefits for doing this is fucking tax credits. No, I don't want want the tax credits. Give me the money. Give you give me the money. Yeah. Okay. Don't mm-hmm. tell me this bullshit about Just how I have to more. buy like some <laughs> new fucking thing because the government's forcing me to do it. And then like after I file my taxes, there's a certain portion of that purchase that might be tax deductible. Like fuck off. I, I can't, I'm, you, I'm so sick of it. It's just like, mm, like endless pressure, 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 pressure. I can't take it. Yeah, I hear you. And. And we ask too much of the middle class, we ask too much of the average person. Oh, the person. middle class is the most fucked group of people yeah. in this country. No, I hear you on all that. But at some no, you point, don't. we got to go to electric cars. We don't have a choice. We have to. We like have the choice. plant's burning, so plant's we got to go to electric cars. So when California says, hey, let's go to electric cars by whatever the number is, 2025, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. But, yeah. and when but I, at the same time, me, now prices are I'm coming rich. down, right? Okay, but Jake, let's not minimize the cost of like actually charging those cars, right? Because here's the, here's the other oh, thing. Oh yeah, I'm supposed so to be Gavin middle Newsom class, I forgot. pushes mm-hmm. for and succeeds in passing legislation in California that would ban the sale of electric cars at a, at a certain year. I think it is 2025 if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not, maybe it's 2035. I don't remember the exact year, but eventually, pretty soon, you're no longer gonna be able to buy a gas powered car in California. Literally, like, that same month, Kevin Newsom's like, oh, there's a heat wave and our energy grid really can't handle it. And so I'm just going to ask you guys, if you have electric vehicles, please don't charge them right now. It's just, 
No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Yeah, like these people have a fucking choice. It, can you imagine being like, oh, this is going to wreck my life, but other people should have to do it. Yeah. Not me, because this is going to wreck my life. Like the energy companies and the, go, you know, like these other people. Dude, can you imagine how fucking much money it costs for a car company to go all ele- Hey, we're going to change all of our R&D. We're going to throw away everything we've done for the last hundred years, and we're going electric. Hey, it's not going to cost anything. It's going to be easy. It's going to be great. We're, we're no problem. Like, fuck off, man. Yeah. R&D has got to be insane on a car. And I mean, Jesus. It's amazing how... um insulated these people are in bubble like i want to do something about climate change but when they hit me with this bill oh (laughs) and did they just think it was going to be this oh you know what we're just going to decide to go green now and it's all going to be hunky-dory for us we're not going to have to change our lives at all maybe we'll have to switch to an electric car down the line but you know everybody else will just take care of it you know don't worry they'll just take care of it it's not going to hurt us at all These are the fucking policies you are demanding. Yeah, and like we've discussed before, and like they just said on the video, uh, as as soon as um, Gavin Newsom says, you know, no more uh, gas-powered cars or whatever, it's prime example, oh, power grid's shutting down just because of, you know, normal um, seasonal temperature changes, but... Don't, don't You're a char- fucking slave. Don't charge your car. All right. You're how, a slave how, to your car. How am I supposed to get to work? Can I drive? Can my car go far enough to where I want to go? Um, can I charge it in between? Can I charge it where I want to go? Uh, you know, can is the government going to allow me to turn it on at this point? Or maybe or are they just going to hit the kill switch on an app that doesn't let me charge? Yeah. You know, these are fucking questions that you would think you would ask but they don't they just like like oh we, we just have to go to to electric cars so the planet's burning <laughs> yeah. no it's not you fucking moron and to prove that now i'm glad we did this let's go back to jimmy door um, you're not gonna believe this so this is from oops you're not gonna believe i this. messed up the recording Starting so over. this is from This is from April 26, 2016, this article. Carbon dioxide fertilization greening earth, studies finds. What? What does that mean? Greenhouse gassing the earth? It means that we have more plants now on the earth because of carbon dioxide. Well, sit back, Kurt. From a quarter to half of the earth's vegetated lands has shown significant greening over the last 35 years, largely due to rising levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide, according to a new study published in the Journal of Nature Climate Change, April 25, 2016. An international team of 32 authors from 24 institutions in eight countries, that's a lot of numbers, led the effort which involved using satellite data from NASA's Moderate Resolution Imaging Spectrometer and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Advanced Very High Resolution Radiometer instruments to help determine the leaf area index, the leaf area index, or the amount of leaf cover over the planet's vegetated regions. 
The greeting represents an increase in leaves on plants and trees equivalent in area to two times the continental United States. <laughs> so there is more green leaves on the planet now to the term 2016. Of, that, yeah. Do but, you remember? But wait, yeah. the, there are there is more, more plants and green leaves on the planet Earth than there were 35 years ago. How many more? Two times the size of the United States more green leaves. Yeah. This is something we started talking about early on in the podcast. This is something I call the grow room effect because I worked in grow rooms. When you bring a bottle of CO2 into a grow room, the plants go fucking crazy. Why? Because they eat CO2. Yeah. It's wild that, like, these people can't fucking, like, take back... Go back to your fourth grade science class and learn about photosynthesis again. Plants need CO2 to grow. More CO2 in the atmosphere means more plants. Yeah. It's completely fucking common sense. And people who bring this up are called kooks. Oh, that's crazy. The The planet's dying. We, what did we hear last week? Um, <laughs> what did Oliver Stone say? We're destroying the universe with CO2. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? They're, they're so out of their minds and they're so used to just listening to the talking points of their side that they don't even use their fucking brains. <sighs> Anyways. I think this is good news, though, still, because, you know, they're starting to get it. Slowly but surely, they are starting to get it. And here's to prove that. Let's uh, let's go back to Jimmy Joyner for a minute. After COVID, everything's up in the air. After I saw how they lied about Russiagate, COVID, Afghanistan, Libya, Iraq, killing millions of people. Hey, I'll hear out anybody's crazy theory. I'll hear it out now, That's which right. I wouldn't have done. Me too. Eddie Bravo told me there's no such thing I'm... as nuclear weapons, and I heard him out. <laughs> I heard him out. Didn't know how to respond, but I did hear him out. I love Eddie Bravo. Oh, man. I got fucking caught on Sam's podcast saying something about nuclear weapons, and I didn't remember that he didn't believe in nuclear weapons. That was the most awkward fucking thing. I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just couldn't fucking buy that one. But uh, anyways, I think it's promising. I think we're making fucking... I think we're... I think we're moving the needle a little bit, and I think it's people like RFK doing it. So let's, uh, I've heard a lot of, you know, I haven't really been following him since COVID is really when I first started following. I don't know nothing about him from years ago. I've heard people say he's bad on guns, he's bad on um, climate change, and that's kind of where I, you know, had heard about him because he's an environmental lawyer and he's suing people and climate change gone. So I figured he was probably pretty fucking out to lunch on climate change, just like every other leftist in popular media. So uh, let's hear him talk about climate change. And climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these uh, big, you know, mega billionaires, the same way that COVID was exploited, uh, to use it as an excuse to clamp down top down totalitarian controls on society and to um, and then to give us engineering solutions 
And if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who, who own the IPs, the patents for those solutions. And that's interesting because mm -hmm. we just covered a video, what, two weeks ago where we learned this exact thing where the nuclear industry destroyed itself when everybody was freaking out. Oh, my God, these things are unsafe. They're going to kill everybody. What did the guy say? Instead of acting like a responsible industry and dispelling those those fears, they just let into them. Just, oh, they are dangerous, but we have an engineering solution to sell you. And unfortunately, they weren't very good salesmen because we don't have any nuclear reactors left in this country. Oh, it's a way, you know, it's, it's being used. They've given climate uh, chaos a bad name, you know, because people now see that it's just another crisis that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to, you know, to enrich billionaires. And, uh, you know, I, I, for 40 years, have had the same policy on climate and engineering. You can go check my speeches from the 1980s, and I've said, the most important solution for environmental issues is not top-down controls. It's free market capitalism. So typically when somebody says, you can check my speeches all the way back from the 1980s, that usually sends up a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah. <laughs> Something tells me that people say that because they don't want you to check their speeches from the 1980s. But to be honest, I would imagine that I would go back and read some of his speeches and listen to him and go, oh boy, this guy's fucking out there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's made a lot of, you know, made a lot of ground in these areas. COVID was a big wake-up call for a lot of people. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if over time people have, have came around to this being a big fucking power grab and just another way to institute totalitarianism. Dude, as soon as COVID started uh, getting serious, that that was my initial thought I'm like oh i even told i told my buddy in california i was like nah that sounds like a bunch of bs and uh bet it's gonna turn into uh some bullshit like they're gonna try to push you know a yearly vaccine on us now for that back in probably not a popular opinion at the time huh no not at all and uh and same thing with the masks. Uh, as soon as that shit started getting serious, I'm like, I, I've known that from uh, from doing construction stuff. Those bullshit N95 masks don't do shit. And, you have a and, beard, you can't wear one. Exactly. And um, managers and they won't and, let you have a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and any, I'd I'd be given given those bullshit masks on job sites and stuff like that, and I would laugh and throw them away. They're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like that yeah. doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> yeah, I was never so I I never bought into the mask thing, but uh, I was a little more worried about it in the beginning. I you know Alex Jones was a bit freaked out about it in the beginning. He was calling bioweapon early on and. I was calling by, I wrote an article in February of 2021, right after, before anybody really in the corporate press was talking about, or I guess still they're not really talking about Wuhan, but yeah, I wrote an article in like early on saying it was a bioweapon and that had me worried. You know, I don't, we're seeing videos from China, people falling over in the streets, they're locking people up in Italy. It had me a bit worried at one point, like, um, my mom, uh, 
they were going to go to a, a school meeting where they were going to all pack into an auditorium and discuss if they were going to shut the school down. And I was like, what the fuck are you, what, why would you go to that? They're going to pack you into an auditorium so you can all get sick so they can tell you that they're going to shut the school down. All the schools are shut down. All right. They're going to shut it down. Yeah. Don't fucking go to that. Don't be stupid. Yeah. But you know, I, uh, I never got crazy on it and my, my views kind of just, weren't really like hardcore until we had a, a decent amount of data in. I didn't really get hardcore about it for a couple of months. At one point I, uh, I went to the weed store in, in uh, Ontario and early on and everybody still thought it was a joke. It was just going to blow right over. And I remember talking to the lady at the counter. I was like, you know, I was going to bring my respirator and like this big suit that I have just as a joke. And they were like, oh, that would have been hilarious. I wish you would have done that. And I was like, damn it, should have done it. And then the next week, everything changed. Yeah. Everything fucking changed. And I showed up and I to the same girl, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do the joke this time. And they were like, yeah, definitely not a good idea. And it just <laughs> went really yeah. fucking quick like yeah. that. And I ended up getting thrown out of two weed stores for life in that town. One of them tried to charge me a dollar for a mask, and I yelled at the woman at the counter, and I called her a cunt. some choice phrases. <laughs> yeah, and then um, another one, some guy just kept giving me shit about coming in without a mask on, and I had like gotten cleared by the owner to not wear one, and he still they knew I'm I'm six two six three with one hand and a long beard. They know who I am. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me that there's a lot of me coming through there and you just, sorry, I just can't remember your face. Like, fuck off, dude. You know I've fucking dealt with you like three different times. So they threw me out at one point and uh, I came back. Well, no, I guess they didn't throw me out. I still bought. And I came back in the next day or the next time I went in and uh, there, the guy brings me over and he's like, hey, man, I've got some bad news for you. I'm like, Okay. You can't have, we can't have you in here anymore. And I was like, eh, well, Dadver, dude, I spend thousands of dollars a year in this store. I'll go give my business to one of the other eight fucking weed stores in this area that will be happy to have me come in. Mm -hmm. And I only went there to get like concentrates. I didn't even get weed there. And uh, easy switch. No big deal. Sorry, thousands of dollars a year for a mask. Go for it. That's what you wanted. That's how you think. You need to run a successful business. Knock yourself out. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking support you for being a moron. Yeah. All right. Let's continue with RFK. What we have in this country now is not free market capitalism. It's corporate crony capitalism. It's capital. It's cushy kind of socialism for the rich and a, a brutal, barbaric, merciless capitalism for the poor. In farm of... The free, a true free market promotes efficiency. And efficiency means the elimination of waste. And pollution is waste. In a true free market, you can't, uh, a, a true free market would require us to properly value our natural resources. And it's the undervaluation of those resources that cause us to use them wastefully. In a true free market, you can't make yourself rich without making your neighbors rich and without enriching your community. But what polluters do is they make themselves rich by making everybody else poor. They raise standards of living for themselves by lowering quality of life for the rest of us. And they do that by escaping the discipline of the free market. 
You show me a polluter, I'll show you a subsidy. I'll show you a fat cat using political clout to escape the discipline of the free market and force the public to pay its production costs. Brutal, barbaric capitalism for the poor. That's I fucking love that. Yeah, so far, that like huge. that's my favorite clip yeah. of him that I've seen out of anywhere. Like he just nailed it there. All right. I've got a buddy here in town. He just moved here from California a few a few years. You know who I'm talking about. Six months ago he moved here. He made what I would consider to be a bad business decision. Um, he moved here. He's a equipment operator. He thought I'm going to move here. I'm going to buy a piece of equipment with this guy that I know, and we're going to start a business and we're just going to kill it. We're just going to kill it. And he had people around him saying, Hey man, this is the worst possible time to start a business. Interest rates are going up. Money is no longer free and jobs are going to be going down. You really shouldn't do this right now. And he didn't listen and he paid the price for it. The business didn't do well the equipment got repossessed he's working for another company now that is the free market yeah that is how the free market works you make a bad decision it's on you it costs it hurts and it's going to take a while to to make it up so you got to be smart you got to do the right thing and you got to know your shit i mean when blackrock makes a bad business decision or when these banks that are getting shut down right now or making bad decisions. They're get they're not actually getting shut down. They're getting bailed and sailed. Yeah. Like uh like the good the the good senator John Fetterman sales. Bailed and sailed. They're they just get bailed out, man. They don't they don't suffer from bad business decisions like the rest of us. Socialism for them, brutal barbaric capitalism for us. Perfect. If you if he really believes that, and I think he's I don't think he's a liar. I can usually pick a liar. I think that um, that uh, David Grush that we watched last week, I think he's a liar. I don't think he was lying completely. I think he believed a lot of what he was saying, but I guarantee that he lied about a lot of shit in there. And you can tell. I mean, normal people can pick up on this stuff, and he doesn't seem like a liar to me. What do you think? Uh, who? Are... Uh, RFK. RFK? No, he doesn't seem like a liar at all. He uh that that last clip was fucking heavy for sure. I I'm going to have to go back and listen That's to it clip. again. Yeah, cuz it uh it was it was a big <laughs> That's a banger. That, yeah. He fucking yeah, nailed that's, it. That's a fucking banger for sure. And um Libertarians, I I'm, I'm a libertarian and I can't nail it that good. Yeah. And like you, just on a random inter- interview. I mean, I'd like to be able. That's why I I get nervous a lot of times talking about this libertarian shit because I I get nervous that I don't know it well enough to to really get into it because I don't like making mistakes and shit like that. Yeah. But for somebody who's not like reading Rothbard or listening to Dave Smith on a weekly basis, that's about as good as you can possibly be. Yeah. And and somebody with a with a capital D next to their name, it uh, it's kind of a. Uh, really really refreshing to hear somebody that's you know and and i hate you know i hate taking things down to r and d's but uh what what other option do what other option do we have regardless it's the world uh, we live in yeah it's uh let's uh, you know the the content of what he's saying and he's not he doesn't sound to me like he's taking like he's on anybody's uh, bankroll. He's not. He's not paid off by anybody. He's just. I don't speaking. think he needs the money. Well, I think his family's 
unbelievably wealthy, right? Yeah, well, so is Hunter Biden's, but he's still taking the money. <laughs> not they don't have Kennedy money. Yeah, I guarantee Joe Biden's not smart enough to fucking make Kennedy money. Well, I mean, I, I I'd like to see how many of those billion or how many millions he got in his pocket that went through Ukraine. Oh, I'm sure he's making tons of money, yeah. uh, but not Kennedy money. Like, I don't think he's got a hundred million dollars or something like that. I think he's too dumb. I think he's, I, I don't know, dude. There, I've heard another theory that he's like the, the mob boss who pretends to be insane it's, in the hey, public, hey, but then hey, why, back behind closed doors, he's still running shit. Yeah, why fucking not? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's definitely possible at this point. Like fucking Kurt said, I'm open to anything. Yeah, I'm open to anything. I'd like to see the video of uh, of that. Uh, what well, that was just a quote, right? Where uh, it was Hunter on yeah. on WhatsApp saying, it was a I'm, message. "I'm I'm yeah. sitting right next to my dad." I wonder if he had the the pipe in his hand and uh, and he was getting blown by well, a hooker too. To be honest, if if I'm being honest, I think that's a power play, and he's probably not sitting right. Oh there, yeah, right next to yeah. him. That was probably more of a power play, I would imagine, and. You put Joe Biden under oath on the stand, and he'll he'll deny it and get away with it. Oh, of course, because there's no evidence. Even if there was evidence, apparently you can just deny it. Yeah, doesn't matter. The truth is what we say it is. And you'll be happy about it. <laughs> We've always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> you know, in terms of carbon industry, all of the things that uh, people are trying to do to, you know, promote, to, to, to end carbon, we should be doing anyway, because, you know, carbon means cutting down all of the mountains in West Virginia. It means, you know, we polluted 2,200 miles of rivers and streams in, in uh, the Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia. Every, every freshwater fish in America now has mercury in its flesh on coal burning power plants. That is a theft from the public. The, uh, the the waterways and lakes on the Appalachian, on the high Appalachian, every one of them is now sterilized from acid rain. We need to be reducing, if, if you whether you believe in climate change or not, carbon-based climate change, we need to be reducing our dependence on carbon. Carbon receives globally about $5.2 trillion in subsidies a year. If you end those subsidies, carbon cannot compete against more efficient and cleaner energy sources. And that's what we should be doing. We should be ending subsidies for for all for the carbon industry. And we should be using true free market capitalism and finding the most efficient sources of energy. So I'm on board with this, believe it or not. Like I, I do think we should be finding the most efficient sources of energy and coal is definitely not the most efficient. Absolutely. Uh, I don't I don't know if the environmental effects are as bad as he's saying. I don't like, I'm open to it being that bad. Like I, I definitely think that it could be that bad. I, again, I don't think he's a liar and it seems like he knows his shit. So I'm probably going to have to lean. Yeah. On that one. We probably should get rid of coal. Yeah. Um, that being said, we're not, we shouldn't do it with bans. I don't believe in bans. Like he's talking free market capitalism. Is he going to get rid of coal with capitalism or is he going to do it with top down control? I'd like it if it was done with capitalism. Let's get rid of the subsidies and let's let these energies compete 
on an even playing field. Yes. Gas is a far superior energy source. It's far denser than coal. Nuclear, even better. I have a feeling he's probably not talking about gas and nuclear. He's probably talking about wind and solar. And, you know, at this point, I'll take it. I'll take it. If it works. When you can, because if you're, if he's moved this way and come around on climate change, on these other deal guns, maybe he just needs to do a little bit more research into wind and solar. Maybe he doesn't know all, all there is to know about it. And, you know, maybe he takes a look into it and goes, holy shit. The only way that these things can compete are with subsidies also, because that, as we know, is the only way that wind and solar are competitive is through subsidies. So I would imagine if you got rid of all the subsidies and you make it an even playing field, we're going to be getting a lot of gas and a lot of nuclear. And that's where we should be going anyways. Like I've said before, we're not going type one. We're not exploring the stars on windmills. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, clean all burning right. propane. Yeah. Natural <laughs> gas, man. Natural gas is dense. It's clean. And it can be built anywhere. It, it can be built close to a population. And we can do my favorite thing. We can build more capacity than we need and mine Bitcoin with the extra capacity when we're not using it. We can do the same thing with nuclear. You can build a bigger nuclear plant than you need and you can use the excess energy when we're not using it. Yeah. And 20 years down the line, you don't have to build another nuclear plant. You already have one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know... The leftists aren't the only ones paying attention. Let's uh, let's go to the Alex Jones right show. To compel unwanted medical interventions on us. We, you know, the Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews, and the world was so horrified after the war that we signed the Nuremberg Charter, and we all pledged when we do that. We would never again impose unwanted medical interventions on human beings without informed consent. And yet in two years, all of that conviction has suddenly disappeared. And people are walking around in mass where the science has not been explained to them. They are, they are doing what they're told. They are orchestrating, these, these government agencies are orchestrating obedience. And it is not democratic. It's not the product of democracy. It's the product of a pharmaceutical-driven biosecurity agenda that will enslave the entire human race and plunge us into a dystopian nightmare where the apocalyptical forces of ignorance and greed will be running our lives and ruining our children. I'm voting for him for president. I mean, you don't say that and not be real. That is devastating to the New World Order. That's like a year ago. That is devastating. Devastating. Listeners, I know you're smart. That video is coffin nails the New World Order. Sounds just like Alex Jones, doesn't it? Because it's the truth. He doesn't get it from me. His eyes are open. That's a big deal. Alex Jones, I'm voting for this guy for president. I mean, you don't say that about the New World Order and not mean it. <laughs> it's a big deal, man. Alex has got to walk a fine line, too. I see him do it every day because 
I, I, I look at podcasts different now when I, I think about like what your audience likes and what you want to say. There's a, like a fine line between like getting, having an audience because you don't want to be speaking to nobody. Yeah. You know, you got to have an audience. Otherwise you're just wasting your fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, doing what you actually believe. Like he's got to walk this Trump Kennedy line because 99% of his audience is Trump. Like that's just how it's going to be. And they're not going to be happy if he's pushing RFK over Trump. But like I said, I think it's, it's the move at least through the primaries because like, don't get me mistaken here. He's not going to be president. They're going to cheat. There's no way they're going to let him on stage with Joe Biden. No fucking way. Huh. They're going to cheat good, good Joe che- Biden or whoever else is going to get. Uh, there's just no way they can allow Joe Biden on a stage with him. Well, maybe maybe by that time they'll have a, a, a you know, a good, good functioning um, robot cl- AI clone of uh, of Biden. Hey, they can already maybe they already have one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I brought this up last week, but I heard another theory that. um he might be wearing a mask. He might already be dead. That might be a Mission Impossible mask. <laughs> it's always the earlobes, dude. I always see the earlobes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those Mission Impossible masks were from the CIA in the 70s. Who knows what kind of mask tech they've got going now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last video of the night. Here we go. Let's go to our, our, our favorite female broadcast, The View. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. The hun- She sounded like she was about to cry there. <laughs> she got overclimbed. I'm pretty sure I he thought should the be a president was- first, right? I don't know. I thought that... um I thought that the move was going to be, and this was my theory, I think even before the podcast started. I don't know if I've ever put this theory out on the podcast before, but my theory was always going to be get Joe in there, get him through the first election. After he gets reelected, you take Hunter down, and then Joe Biden goes, hey, look, I'm a father first. I care more about my family than I do about this job, and for the good of the country and my family— I'm going to step down. I thought that was the move. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't... But they didn't go through with it. They didn't bust... All they had to do was bust Hunter. All they had to do was bust him. But with that theory, I don't... I don't... I feel like they, you know, putting Kamala Harris in as number two, I don't think anybody could foresee how how big of a catastrophic failure she was going to be in that position. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, maybe that was the plan. Maybe that was the plan. And then she just couldn't stop talking about school buses. <laughs> and they were just like, I don't know. We can't fucking put this crazy <laughs> broad right. in there. Uh, they're like, shit, what do we do? <laughs> who, who okayed this broad? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to call it a night. Thanks for watching. Go subscribe to our fucking YouTube channel already. I'm trying to get guests. It's embarrassing. Give us some subscribers. Good night.